0: hello everybody and welcome back to witch fix today i'm looking at a film which i've put off watching for a while it is the blair witch project the original movie in the massive blair witch franchise which came out in 1999 and it's a certificate 15 now i have two very strong opinions that's a lie i have a lot of strong opinions that's why i have a podcast but two strong opinions that apply to this film are that found footage horror films are terrible And that if there is a witch in the title of your movie, there had best be a witch in the body of your movie. And uh, therefore, one would be forgiven for thinking that I would not like The Blair Witch Project. But having watched it for the first time today, I actually did quite enjoy it. And I have a little dissection as to why I actually enjoyed a found footage horror movie for once. Also, a little bit of a chat about The Witch titular witch who does not make an appearance in the film so uh, we'll be getting into that there aren't really any trigger warnings that i could think of for this aside from slow creeping dread which i wasn't sure if that was a trigger for anybody but if it is steer well clear the blair witch project is kind of a cultural phenomenon of a film and i've seen like a lot of parodies or things that were inspired by it or various other things it's sort of like the shining even if you haven't seen it you've definitely seen a couple of things that have ruined the story for you so basically I knew that this was about a group of people who go missing in a wood and that at some point there would be goo and both of those things turned out to be correct but other than that I went into it pretty blind aside from having watched maybe an hour's gameplay of the Blair Witch Project game that came out last year so, so um, I knew that there was going to be some creepy woodland stuff going on. Now the Broadly speaking, the first like 20 minutes of the film is just kind of intro y stuff. Uh, Basically, just the three main people Heather, Josh, and Mike dicking about with cameras. Um, Heather and Josh seem to be the ones who are sort of mostly behind the project um heather mostly being the driving force for that and and josh just going with her mike is some guy that they've just met who is apparently i guess doing sound and video recording for this project and the project is that they are going out into the woods into the general area around the woods to investigate the myth or urban legend rural legend which is the blair witch And we get a little bit of background as to who or what that might be. So we see them at home, sort of packing up and going off on their adventure. They collect Mike. They then start to meet people in and around Burkittsville, which is the modern day name of what was once Blair. Uh, And sort of just talking to some randomers on the street who give their opinions on The Witch. We're told that the town of Blair was founded 200 years previously, so quite an old place, at least by American standards. Uh, they find out that there's a lot of kids that have died there. They have a pretty extensive cemetery, and that a lot of those kids died in the 1940s. So that gets expanded upon later. They explain a little bit about the premise of the documentary and meet some locals who talk about a hermit called Mr. Parr who apparently murdered seven kids in the 1940s hence the graves uh, that two hunters once vanished from the woods never to be seen again uh, and that another girl was seen going in in the 1800s uh, called robin weaver she disappeared into the woods and mysteriously reappeared three days later telling stories about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground they also interview a lady called mary brown who is sort of a local neighborhood religious nutcase their words, not mine, uh, who says that she had an encounter with the Blair Witch when she was a lot younger and fishing with her father. She encountered a woman whose body was covered in coarse dark hair and who was wearing a shawl and I guess nothing else. So we've got a couple of weird stories piling on top of each other. Some of them appear to be connected to an actual figure, as in uh, the woman whose feet never touched the floor the hairy woman and the others seem to be to do with not much to do with a witch, they're to do with a hermit who killed a bunch of people and some hunters who may or may not have died mysteriously or or just vanished. They state uh, in the documentary that they are going to Coffin Rock as their first stop and when they arrive there uh, shortly after leaving their car on the outskirts of the woods and walking in Um, They talk about what was discovered there, and that was mainly five guys who had been tortured in various interesting ways uh, and had writing in weird letters carved over their bodies. But when the people who originally found them came back a few hours later, presumably with help and not just more gawkers, the bodies had been taken away, which if you've had a few hours, you, you can move a couple of bodies. I don't feel like that's a supernatural feat you wouldn't have to move them far. You could just bury them on the spot. So there we go. Three of the documentary makers then decide to camp for the night. And it is then that things begin to kick up a notch. Uh, Josh says that he could hear voices during the night. I couldn't hear anything. I'm not sure if it's just because I had the TV on like a reasonable volume, but I guess that they were just really faint sounds that I couldn't hear. Second day, they they go on hiking and Heather is insistent that they are not lost, even though they do appear to be slightly lost, and they are looking for a cemetery within the woods. I don't know why, it's never discussed how this cemetery would differ from the one they've already visited, like the actual cemetery for Burkittsville, but I guess this cemetery is somehow important. Mike gets very annoyed with Heather because they've been walking for a long time and they do seem to be lost, with uh, Josh kind of trying to keep the peace between two of them. They then find what look like cans or cans. not sure how you say it, but little piles of rocks that mark graves that are circular. Uh, They find a couple of those, including a nest in a tree, which is just full of rocks. And Heather makes reference to the fact that Mary Brown, who they interviewed in town, which rhymes, mentioned these piles of rocks in her story, but we don't really hear why these are significant or why. It's just, you know, they found them. They camp again and hear more noises in the woods, which I guess are louder this time, but I still couldn't hear them. I don't know what subtitles would have given me if I had bothered to turn them on. Maybe just bracket noise in wood, close brackets, but I guess there were noises. They assume it's locals who didn't want them poking around, messing with them, which seems kind of a stretch because I feel like everyone they spoke to on camera in town was reasonably helpful and polite. There were some fishermen who were like, you fool kids, you'll never learn, but they didn't seem aggressive or like they would want to mess with them. The next day is the day when they are heading back to where they've left the car and obviously this is where things get kicked up a notch again because although they are going back ostensibly the guys remark that they are seeing unfamiliar parts of the woods and bits they don't remember going through and then heather says something which makes zero sense because she says that they're going back a different way because the way they came out was the most direct route to the two places she wanted to see namely coffin rock and the weird cemetery but they are going back by a direct route to the car But surely if they were already at the cemetery, the direct route back to the car would be the way they came. Unless she's talking about cutting out Coffin Rock entirely and just circumventing it. But surely that would require like going around in a different way. I don't know why she's doing this. It makes no sense. And if I was traveling with them, I'd be annoyed. Uh, Julie, the others do get annoyed and they have arguments. Mike in particular kicks off yelling and swearing. Uh, They're both kind of worried, uh, Josh and Mike, about the fact that they are meant to work the next day and that they have to return, I guess, rented equipment or something. So uh, tensions are running high. When they still haven't found the car, they have to camp for another night and the noises return. This time I could hear the noises it sounded like someone whacking a branch against a tree or crashing around in the undergrowth but uh, Heather says that it sounds like footsteps so I don't know maybe they're wearing wooden tap shoes Uh, there's some very intense scenes of them sort of filming the the dark woods around them trying to work out what's going on and it is quite tense and I attribute that to the fact that it's on like um, VHS camera rather than digital because I feel like on digital camera it would just be black But because of the the way that they're filming it, there's these little speckles on the film as they film around. So you keep continuously thinking that you've spotted something, but it's just the film. uh, And that's quite effective. When they get up the next morning, having, I guess, gone back to sleep after hearing the noises, there are now rock piles around their tent and there are three of them. So if the rock piles in the cemetery were grave markers, there are now three grave markers around their tent. Josh starts getting antsy and they confront each other because the map is now missing. Uh, To be fair, Heather didn't seem to be referring to the map that much because they were very fucking lost. But the map is now missing and this is a big deal, Uh, and they continue to yell at each other in various combinations because obviously this puts a lot of stress on the group. They decide to follow the creek uh, to see if they can get back to where they left the car or at least get back to a spot where. They previously crossed the creek and know where they are josh reassures everybody by saying that when they don't turn up today as they were meant to his girlfriend and probably other people who have missed them will also come looking for them so it's not like they're going to be lost forever they have to cross the stream at one point and the guys antagonize heather because she has wet shoes and is pissed off about it and they seem to find this funny Um, they all kick off at each other and Heather really kicks off and while everyone's kicking off it's revealed that Mike kicked the map into the creek and he finds this hysterically funny and laughs about it like wildly. Heather then completely loses her grip on what little temper she had left and completely goes for Mike. Josh also goes for Mike because Mike's been a douche and possibly condemned them all to an early death. Heather then demands the compass from Mike because she says she, he can't be trusted with it but Josh doesn't want her to have it because she already got them lost once so everyone seems to be each other's throats. They then return to where they've left their stuff I guess because they were walking around aimlessly I don't know but their, their stuff was left behind and has now been scattered uh sort of around the clearing and some of it is missing. They then find the uh, wood figures Hanging from the trees. I know about the wood figures. That was the other thing I knew about the Blair Witch project the weird little men made of sticks. Uh, there are men made of sticks. They're hanging from all the trees and they are very scary. Uh, and Heather keeps filming them even while Mike and Josh demand that they leave at once. But she seems really kind of taken with this weird phenomena that they are experiencing. Uh, Mike again sort of breaks a little bit. He starts screaming for help so that hopefully someone will hear them. And he then later brings up that maybe they shouldn't light fires at night because maybe they're being tracked to the woods by these locals who are messing with them because on the first night they didn't light a fire and nothing happened. There are then more sounds at night, which I could hear, and they sound sort of like cooing, crying and screeching, so a lot of weird shit. Uh for some reason this causes the three of them to flee the tent and run into the woods. I don't get why they do this because it's 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 the middle of night and I so far the noises haven't actually done anything to them there's they've just been noises so i don't know why they felt they had to run now but they run away and then at daybreak go back for their stuff but now some of their stuff is gone and there is slime on some of the stuff that remains it seems to mostly be josh's stuff so i feel like he's been marked for death by the slime monster uh, josh and mike are both kind of getting at heather and, and being horrible to her mostly based on the fact that she keeps filming things, which, I mean, she has to keep filming things, otherwise there would be no movie, guys, but whatever. Uh, So they're all getting at each other, and then they camp for another night. The following morning, Josh is missing, and the remaining two, Heather and Mike, uh, they keep screaming his name, but he doesn't answer, and they can't find him, so wherever he's gone, he's gone quite far. He has, however, left all of his stuff behind, which is massively suspicious and it doesn't bode well for him uh mike and heather after some discussion decide to keep walking because they can't just stay where they are in the hopes that josh will come back then later they hear noises in the woods and think it's josh but when they call his name no one responds so concerning they camp that night and hear josh yelling and screaming in the woods but they can't find him when they go looking The next day they find a weird stick bundle outside the tent, it appears to be tied up with a few scraps of his plaid shirt and when Heather opens the bundle she finds inside a sort of cloth bag made of more of his shirt which is covered in blood and inside some sort of gruesome parcel of fleshy bits which I assume to be like maybe some tongue, there's some hair in there, maybe some teeth, Um, just stuff generally that you wouldn't leave laying about casually it's been parceled up and delivered to them. Uh, Mike and Heather are both kind of cracking up at this point. Uh, They continue walking. I don't know how long it is because time is just sort of starting to lose all meaning. So how long they've been in the woods, probably now without food is kind of up in the air. We then get a sort of diary cam, instance of heather which is where the the picture on the cover of the dvd box comes from so you know it's important but she basically does a direct camera apology to her own family and the families of josh and mike which kind of reminded me of welcome to nightfall when they're like to the family of intern josh but uh, obviously it's quite serious she does expel a lot of snot and tears so if she was a youtuber doing an apology video I'm, i'm fairly certain it would be going well but she films that and that sort of marks the point at which we tip into the finale of the of the film from there on it gets a lot more frenetic and there's a lot more doom being heaped onto the atmosphere in the night they hear josh again and go after him they then discover a house in the woods and considering they've been wandering in this wood for who knows how many days it is suspicious that they've never seen this house before so that right away seems very scary. Mike and Heather are for a while separated because he goes into the house before her and they get sort of separated on the lower level but then they hear Josh upstairs and so go upstairs to investigate. There are bloody children-sized handprints all over the wall so maybe we're meant to assume that this is where the hermit was living? Not sure. Uh, But then once they're upstairs Mike says that he can now hear Josh downstairs and goes running downstairs to go check that out heather remains behind upstairs and just continually screams the word mike until it loses all meaning when mike gets downstairs he is i guess attacked by something that we don't see because the camera is not to the ground and stays there and he stops making noise and then when heather gives up screaming upstairs and brings her screaming downstairs she goes into the basement room sees mike standing in the corner which i'll come back to in a minute Uh, and then is attacked by the same unseen force her camera falls to the ground and we stay on the still image of it i guess filming nothing uh, until the credits come up now the corner thing corners are not just beloved by sims they are beloved by the blair witch it was mentioned earlier in the story of the hermit that he would have one child facing the wall while he I, i guess killed another one And then would kill the corner child. So I guess just frightening that one before murder. Uh, And that he didn't like to be looked at. So uh, I guess that's the reason for this corner bit at the end. You may not have escaped or noticed that there isn't really a witch in this story. And there isn't. So I'm kind of annoyed that however good a film it was. I just find it quite atmospheric and creepy and all the rest of it. There is no witch. I kind of knew there wasn't going in. But the stories that they heard at the beginning kind of gave me pause and made me think, okay, so maybe they're saying that some sort of witch is behind all of this. But I don't think that's the case either. Um because what they seem to be describing is some sort of cryptid and not what we would think of as like a witch. It's either this sort of a hairy creature or this floating woman, which is probably about as close as we get to a witch. And then the finale of the film with the mic in the corner seems to imply that it's it's back on this hermit guy again who is unaffiliated with the Blair Witch unless she was somehow responsible for his evil acts so that was quite disappointing I found the lack of consistency with what they were actually meant to be afraid of to be simultaneously annoying but also very effective because It was annoying in the sense that it made the film kind of unfocused and law wise, the law is kind of all over the shop. But at the same time, if they tell you it's like a bareheaded man who like hunts you down with a knife made of reindeer antlers, then that's kind of less scary because you can picture that, you know what it is. Whereas by kind of scattergunning this law all over the place and saying, oh, it might be this thing or this guy or these guys who went missing, you kind of leave it open to anything being the thing that's going to get you and it kind of broadens it out into a feeling of non-specific dread which isn't targeted to any one thing so that makes it quite effective in terms of being a horror film it is very disappointing that there is no witch i mean you have all the kind of fairy tale ingredients you know we have people going into a wood and being unable to escape finding a mysterious house in the middle of said wood Um, children being lured in kidnapped that's kind of also around in the story so I feel like it could have been a film about a witch and then it wasn't so unfortunate I did do a little bit of reading on the wiki page for uh, Blair Witch as in on like the Blair Witch wiki and not just the Wikipedia page for this specific film and it does seem that there are stories relating to Uh, a woman who was evicted from the original township for practicing witchcraft but they the wikipedia page isn't terribly well written and it seems to be split between she was chased off into the woods and she was um, killed by having like rocks attached to all of her limbs which is why the monster has like low arms and legs so i'm not really sure what to do with that information But it seems like, again, that's just a story like the the murderous hermit, which is just putting a human face on a pre-existing darkness, which has no actual face of its own. It's kind of just the effects of it that you see on people, which is an interesting concept, but again, not a witch. I do find the film quite interesting and I do want to watch, I, I believe there is a sequel to this and then also a more modern film which is meant to be a direct sequel to this film as well. I do kind of want to watch those because it seems like there's a lot of mystery around the figure of the Blair Witch and it would be nice to have some idea of who or what she is because if you're going to call a film The Blair Witch Project or Blair Witch as like I think the more modern sequel is called It feels like there should be some firm law on who or what that entity is. But so far I'm, I'm not seeing it, which is a little bit disappointing. It reminded me a teeny bit of Coffin Hill, the graphic novel series that I looked at a little while ago, because that was about, again, witches, but also there was a dark power that dwelt in the forest and made its presence known by manipulating people. So, I was kind of hoping for something that would tie those two things together, like maybe the witch was using that dark power for vengeance or something. I think it's a perfectly serviceable film. It is very effective as it is as a horror film, but at the same time, it's not witchy enough and that kind of disappointed me a lot when I was watching it. Now, as for the other thing, the whole found footage horror film thing, I do not like found footage horror films. I've seen Paranormal Activity, It was kind of scary, but I didn't really care for the fact that it was found footage. I think this film works and is probably the only found footage film I've seen that does work because they have a reason to be filming everything, which always helps uh, because I feel like in a lot of other films, they don't really have a reason to be filming everything. And it just is like, why are you filming this? Run. Uh, And in this, they don't tend to like film stuff when they're actually like running places like they'll film in between times and then just you'll find out what happened and also they don't try and cram in exposition to camera which is another thing I find annoying about films because they try and have exposition like it's a normal film but this is very clunky when you try and do it in found footage or just recorded footage because you end up with people just like telling you their life story to camera which I feel like wouldn't happen in the course of just filming stupid videos between friends. Uh, this doesn't have that. You're introduced to the people and you find out their names via the, the film slate that they show at the beginning. You get to know their characters by seeing them as they diarise the things that are happening to them but there is no real setup and no real exposition about their characters. So I really liked that uh, as a, a method of characterization in this type of film. I think that works really well. So end result i thought it was a really good film i'll probably only watch it the once because i feel like you really only need to watch it once but it wasn't witchy enough and i'm still dubious about whether it earns the title of a witch film just because a witch is mentioned but does not actually appear in it and doesn't even really seem to be a witch i feel like they're using the word witch in place of literally anything else like they could have just said bigfoot and, and it would have had the same effect so I'm going to reserve judgment until I see the second one, because the second one has a subtitle, Book of Shadows, which feels like it's teasing some more witchy shit. So uh, I'm prepared to spend 70s of pence on that and give it a go. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any recommendations or any further sources of lore on the Blair Witch, like if you've read any of the Expanded Universe novels or comics, which I am not going to read because who has the time? But if you have get in touch and let me know. You can do so in the normal ways. Twitter or in the comment section on the YouTube version of the podcast are the most easiest and the the ways in which I will probably see it. And uh, in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!